Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to another episode of the Sword and Shield. I am uh, Chief Master and Christopher Howard, uh, Superintendent of 960th uh, Cyber Operations Group. And today with me, I have... Second Lieutenant Adrian Mallow from the 426 NWS. Welcome, ma'am. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to us today. Um, t- today, this podcast is going to go over uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the month of October. And uh, Lieutenant uh, Mallow is a... Uh, been gracious enough to uh, sit down and talk to me about uh, her experiences with uh, breast cancer. I was wondering if you can kind of um, help our audience understand, um, you know, what the point of October might be, and then uh, share your story, if you could. Yes, Chief. So the month of October is extremely important, you know, growing up as a young child. It was always a month where we could really focus and look at the importance of breast cancer especially in my family, but amongst women and other families throughout the community. So as a young child, we were always involved with um, different walks or fundraisers to really bring awareness to the cause. And the month of October now as an adult really still has that same foundation for me. And I really focus on spreading awareness and getting this cause um, at the forefront for, you know, this month and for anyone who will really listen to me, um, you know, regarding my history and and my story. Gotcha. And you you made a point that uh, this month is very important to you. Um, Can you expand on why it's important to you specifically? Yes, Chief. So when my mom was 27, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and she actually fought breast cancer as she was going through school to be a nurse. She was raising three children and she ended up passing away at the age of 32. Um, So relatively young, especially now being in in my 30s, uh, early 30s, I should say, Um, (laughs) you know, I see how young that that really is. And, you know, when she passed away, one of the things that she wanted Um, was for my dad to always keep in mind that we had the risk of inheriting breast cancer. Okay. And I think a lot of people are shocked to hear that it's potentially inherited. Um, You know, not all women who have breast cancer or men who have breast cancer is inherited. But, um, you know, in our genes, which make us who we are and as individuals, uh, everybody has the BRCA1 and 2 gene. Now, this is the breast cancer gene. Um, when the issue exists is when there is actually a mutation in the gene and that is essentially broken for someone. Now, this affects only 0.25% of the population globally. So about one in 400 individuals, um, is going to have this mutation. Okay. Now, uh, the earliest you can get tested is when you're age 18. So when I got to be the age of 18, I was really excited to go to school, start college and, my dad brought up, hey, you know, we really need to get you tested. This was something that, you know, my mother found to be very important. So during the summer, I decided, okay, let's let's do this. Let's get tested. And it's a simple test. It's just a blood test that gets sent off to a lab. Okay. Uh, it takes about a month to return. 
Um, so after this test came back, it was positive. So I did have the genetic mutation in my BRCA2 gene, and this raised my um, predisposition for breast cancer to about 98% that okay. I would develop it um, before the age of 30. So at that point, um, you know, we met with a genetic counselor to discuss my options. And there are a lot of options for people who have this uh, gene mutation. Um, you know, they can do prophylactic surgery, which is preventative. They can do um, different medicines. They can do monitoring. There's a lot of options for someone. Right. Um, I decided at the age of 18 that the best option for me would be a prophylactic double mastectomy. Okay. Um, and that was somewhat difficult because at 18, I was a child. I wanted right. to start my life. Um, but knowing that the surgery would take two years away from my childhood, essentially. Yeah. Um, so we started the process, the initial surgery and all the tests um, roughly took about two months to get scheduled. Um, and uh, the surgery itself was about nine hours. Wow. So that's insane. I mean, that's a lot, <laughs> lot to, to endure, right? I mean, the, that's a traumatic uh, event, not just from uh, the knowledge, the history, um, the decision, um, but just in, just the surgery is traumatic as well, right? Nine hours uh, of just um, going through that as well as all of the emotion pieces to that. Um, I mean, obviously, when you, you talk about it now, it seems like it was, well, matter of fact decision, but I can imagine uh, going through that, that it had to be kind of um, tumultuous, right? I mean, how did... How hard was it for you to, to, to get to that point to make that decision? Uh, yes, Chief. So I, I think I explained this to a few people, but I couldn't even have pictures taken of me. Right. And that's how, you know, it was somewhat embarrassing. I felt damaged. I felt, you know, like I was supposed to be enjoying my life. Right. And I could not find anybody who really understood what I was going through being 18. There were women who, you know, would reach out and we would talk about some of the effects of this, but they were much older in their life and they already had children. And um, I just it was hard for me to really relate to anybody. And I and I struggled quite a bit. I was alone quite a bit. Okay. I dropped out of college. So I was right. at my parents' house and, you know, they were really supportive. My family was really supportive. Um but for a long time, I was, I just felt really alone and I didn't have anybody to really talk to. And I didn't have my mother to talk to, Right. Um, you know, and I think some of that was being 18 and having this diagnosis, but it was also just not feeling like I had a, a strong community around me to really help me. Right. Um, so, you know, I think that that definitely impacted me at a young age. Right. Well, I mean, you start putting those barriers up, right. And you start seeing, um, all of these things that, uh, were um, not necessarily ideal for the situation. So how how did you work through that? How did you get to um, where you're at today, where it, at least in conversation on the, on the surface, I would say that uh, you're uh, very um, uh, energetic about it, um, passionate, which is, uh, I can imagine, a, um, a byproduct, but also, um, you know, somewhat positive about the story. How did you get to that point, you know, for those that may be dealing with something similar? Yes, Chief. I, I would say it probably took six years. I did not tell anybody about this except close family and friends until 2017, 2016. 
<laughs> three or four years ago. That's, in, that's honestly, right. I was, wow. I, there, like I said, there are people in my life who probably didn't even know that I went through this. Right. Um, you know, and I took a long time to really feel comfortable with who I was. Um, you know, I, I developed a strong sense of community around me and a lot of it was the air force. I mean, at the time I just felt extremely empowered. I had just been selected for, you know, joining the, the 854th class and, and I was on this new path in my life and I just felt extremely empowered and I felt strong and I felt, you know, Hey, it's time for me to share this story. Right. Um, you know, and I was seeking a commission at the time and I just, I felt like, you know, I don't need to hide this anymore. I don't need to be ashamed of this anymore because there's somebody else out there who is struggling with right. either this in their family or something else. And I just used, you know, a social media platform to kind of spread the word and okay. to say, Hey, I went through this, but if you need somebody, I, you know, you can reach out to me and, and, um, other resources that we have. Right. No, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that uh, nobody really feels comfortable discussing. So, um, I mean, I'm really appreciative that you're willing to share your story. Um, uh, obviously, I have no idea uh, what that looks like um, or or that experience, but uh, I know that there's plenty of people out there, especially when you look at uh, one in 400, right? Let's just do the math real quick. Uh, if uh, if we have roughly 1,400 people, right, there's still there's three or four people out there that's highly probable um, that are dealing with this particular type of cancer, uh, let alone any other types of cancer and issues, right? I, I've, I've served with a number of, of people who have... Uh, been diagnosed uh, with different things, um, but this is the first time I've really been able to to get into a story with an individual of, of this is how I found out. Um, these are the barriers I had to deal with. Um, here's the history that goes with it, and uh, then how do I get uh, moving forward? And uh, you know, I think that 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 it can be very inspirational in the fact that uh, here you have a history, so you grew up living with this and uh, the ramifications of this disease, then you get um, it put on your plate personally uh, as dealing with you um, and having to make those hard choices and then making that uh, that decision and moving forward. So uh, I commend you in the fact that you're willing to share it. And I can only imagine what kind of uh, battle that's been and even to take. But, but uh, you sharing the story is key to helping other people understand um, how can I, one, identify that, uh, I, uh, I may have this, uh, what does that look like? And the, the hardships of making those decisions, right? I mean, because it wasn't easy, right? Cause here's these, these different options, right? And it's going to be life-changing no matter what, um, uh, being an 18 year old, uh, that, that, that's a crazy time in our lives, right? We make a lot of decisions, um, from, just general life decisions. Am I going to college? Am I going to serve my country? Am I going to do vocational? Am I just going to work? Uh, now we throw this major life decision on top of that. Um, what what kind of resources did you use to help you work through that? Yes, Chief. Thankfully, you know, when I was on the civilian side before entering the military, um, I had a good friend who started a hereditary cancer foundation. Um, you know, and she created a social media page where we could reach out to others globally, right. um, you know, because I, I grew up in a small community and there just wasn't a lot of us, you know, relatively my age who were going through this. 
So thankfully, you know, through different social media platforms, we were able to reach out to those who had kind of similar issues, um, but also genetic counseling, um, getting a mental health professional to, to speak to also. Right. Um, and even in the military, there are a plethora of resources that we have, you know, military one source, um, the local 960th a mental professional here, um, the base resources. I mean, we are extremely fortunate to have um, a lot of individuals that we can talk to about these kind of issues, you know, and this, this took a lot of time, you know, to get where I am today and being able to have a conversation about it. You know, I was, I was even emotional on the ride over right. um, because I've had, you know, the initial surgery um, when I was 18, but since that time, you know, it, that I've had six surgeries since because your body, you have to constantly ensure that, you know, there is not a development of cells or right. everything is, you know, working and everything, everything is working like it should essentially. Um, so, you know, not only reaching out to the, um, the mental health professionals that we have available to us, but right. even the actual doctors to really provide some guidance and, and develop a treatment plan for you. Right. It's a long-term battle, right? So, um, yeah, having to constantly go back and, and deal with reoccurrences or, um, uh, just uh, f- potential reoccurrences. I mean, uh, that's got to weigh on you uh, quite often. Um, how do you kind of prepare yourself uh, going into that uh, each time you go to the doc, I guess? That's a great question, Chief, because, um, you know, I did the prophylactic surgery, but that doesn't mean I won't get breast cancer someday. Right. You know, they can't get every single cell out. It's just not possible. Right. So it greatly reduces our chance by 90%. But there is the um, ability that we will develop a breast cancer or a different type of cancer in right. regards to this mutation. So thankfully, the base has developed a plan for me, you okay. know, and they've referred me to the appropriate clinics that I need. And thankfully, SAMC here local to JBSA has an awesome treatment facility for individuals who have okay. this kind of issue. Um, you know, and it's something that my family is prepared for. Um, my my son is a little too young to kind of know what, what this means. Right. Um, but, you know, my spouse, my my close family, my friends, they're aware that this is a possibility for me. So I feel extremely lucky that I hit, you know, over the 30 hill, if you will, um, gotcha. you know, without a um, legitimate breast cancer scare. Because if that would happen, we'd go through a, a lot of the treatment with chemo, et cetera, gotcha. um, to, to battle that. But um, I feel extremely positive that that just that I'm not there yet. I don't know what next year will look like, but I know right now that I I don't have it, and that's something to celebrate. Right. No, I definitely don't want to get uh, rolled up into the negative. Obviously, you know when you look at um, some of uh, the health uh, healthcare um, initiatives, uh, and you look at uh, what what's uh, you know definitely um, pushed forward. Positivity is is one of those key pieces in in any kind of treatment plan or recovery plan of, of keeping that hope up and um, helping individuals have that positive attitude um, because uh, there's a mental aspect to uh, recovery and health, right? Um, and I think that uh, you, you hit some good points there with uh, using uh, mental health uh, care, using counseling, um, and then the conversations with the family so that we uh, understand what is a truthful scare, right? And what are the realities of, of the health care uh, system when we talk about uh, what what options are on the on the on the table, um, so that uh, we can reduce some of those fears and keep that positive outlook on it. Right. So with that said, you said that um, 
locally, the military uh, medical uh, facilities helped you build a plan. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what they offer to individuals that may be looking at some of these uh, these um, issues coming up in their life? Yes, sir. So the the local um, medical treatment facility, they can do enhanced screenings. They can do mammograms. They can do um, different uh, different exams to make sure every six months that you go back in and you're checked regularly. And I think that's the most important part is just being regular and developing that schedule for yourself. Um, so I know at the end of the day that I've done everything that I can to really prevent um, myself being in the situation or I'm able to prevent it early right. <laughs> before it gets to a point where I can no longer manage it. Um, and I just, I feel like we are extremely fortunate as military to have this type of resource available to us. Not only you mentioned chief, the mental health side, but just the medical professionals local right. to really assist. And I went through, um, a surgery here in 2018 for again, uh, this, this uh, situation. And I was able to work with the doctors at CMC and the level of care and treatment that I had was just outstanding. I, okay. I feel like they were really able to help me and they understood what it was like to be a young female going through something like this. And they understood the sensitivity of the situation. Okay. Um, so I, I just, I feel that it's a unique situation to be in, but people really handle it with care. Gotcha. Right. Um, it's really important to be a team at that point, right? So you and your healthcare provider coming up with a solution and uh, building a plan together and then being committed to that plan uh, with some adjustments available, right? So it's like any battle, right? Um, you got a great plan, then you meet the enemy. <laughs> In this case, it's that cell, right? Yeah. And, and I think that brings up a good point, Chief, is that I was extremely hesitant as a young airman to share this with my supervisor right. or my military you know, leaders at, um, at my first assignment. I just, I, I wasn't ready to talk about it. Okay. Um, and the first time again in mm -hmm. 2016, 2017 timeframe, um, I was at the 854 costs and that's where I, I knew that I'd have to go through some more surgeries coming up. And I sat my leadership team down. And I said, you know, Hey gentlemen, this is kind of where I'm at right now. And that was a hard conversation to have. Um, but they were extremely receptive. Okay. They were extremely helpful. And, and I bring this up because if, you know, you mentioned team and mm -hmm. if, you're hesitant to share this with, you know, your, your leadership or your supervisor. Um, you know, it can actually hinder you a little bit uh, on the support that you need. Right. Um, because, you know, I was going to need some time off. I was going to need a little bit more care. I was going to need to take it slow in the office. Right. Um, so they, they were there to support me on that. And it, it's important that I communicated that to them. No, I think that makes a great point, right? So uh, when we talk about the wingman concept and uh, how do we embody wingmanship, right? Um, and that team building, um, it's not an easy subject. You know, you as a member uh, coming to leadership and saying, hey, here's the situation. I've got something that I'm dealing with, um, which is affecting me emotionally. It's affecting me physically. Mm -hmm. And I've managed to keep that at bay. And now it's going to affect me professionally. Um, so how do, how do I go past that barrier and talk to my leadership with a, not knowing how they are, right? I mean, we, we have an idea, we've interacted, but uh, when it comes to something of this sensitive nature, am I going to get the support? And that's scary, right? So I can only imagine. Can you tell me how you felt before walking in there and talking to them? 
Yes, Chief. I mean, thankfully, at, the, at that stage where we were, we had developed, you know, a, a really professional relationship and I felt very comfortable. But you did mention, you know, there there are some who might not feel comfortable. They might not know their supervisor well enough. Um, so I fully encourage you to leverage, you know, the first sergeant, some available mm-hmm. resources in your squadron if you feel more comfortable going to them or finding somebody that you do feel comfortable going to and just letting them know that this is what I'm going through. And then maybe they can develop a plan with you to talk to your leadership or your, you know, your immediate supervisor on that. Um, but I, I can tell you, I was really nervous. Yeah. Um, I, especially they were two gentlemen and I was just <laughs> not sure how they were going to respond. Right. Um, but, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to have to finally communicate this to somebody. And I guess these are the two that I'm going to have right. to tell. But it was very difficult. It was very hard. I feel like I had worked up things that I wanted to say and my my points I wanted to hit. Um, right. But I can tell you it's not it it's not easy. It wasn't easy. It gotcha. still isn't easy. <laughs> well, from a leadership perspective, right, being a guy um, in leadership, uh I can't say that it's super easy for us either, right? So here's a subject matter mm-hmm. that, A, we're very uncomfortable with. Um, and uh, here we have an airman that comes to us and says, here's the problem. Um, there's a lot of things that come into that, that decision. You obviously, as a good wingman, you want to want to just, what can I do? I want to be the hero. Uh, I want to be able to support as much as possible. And then also there comes into the the management piece of like, okay, now I'm, I'm down. Um, but how do we support the airman, get the mission moving forward? Um, but ultimately, it's first and foremost, how do I support you? And if I, I can't relate to you, um, then how do I articulate that yet still be engaged so that you feel like you have the leadership, um, that you have the support, um, and that uh, my uncomfortability doesn't um, disenfranchise that relationship, right? Because easy answer is like, okay, we're here to support you and then let it go, right? Um, how do we then uh, say, I'm here to support you, but then stay engaged without encroaching into what's really a very, very personal situation, right? Um, so hopefully when uh, we, we meet that as, as a leader that we can say, okay, uh, Lieutenant Mallow, wow, um, I appreciate you bringing that to us. Um, what do you need from us today, right? This is what we can do. Here's the, the legal pieces that we have in play. But then how do we build that relationship so that you feel comfortable like, um, hey, I, I I'm not going to be doing well for a couple of days. Is there any way I can get some extra support, right? Um, my spouse uh, has uh, all these things on their plate too. Can I get a little bit of support here? You know, uh, in the past with other individuals, um, members in my squadrons that have dealt with something similar, uh, we did, you know, some meals. Uh, we did uh, we did some outreach, right? We made sure that we had almost like a medical sponsor there that uh, they felt comfortable talking to, to, to interact with, squadron leadership so that we could support that member during that process. It's not easy. It's time intensive to be that that level of wingman. But I think that when we come through it uh, on the back end, um, it tends to be more positive. And from your perspective, after you you told your leadership, this is what I needed to do. And then they did what they did. How do you feel that that relationship from you as a member to leadership um, grew or did not grow? I guess. Yes, chief. I, you know, I feel like it honestly grew to not only a professional level that it needed, but it, you know, it, it, it you, naturally it develops personal relationships right. because you're sharing something extremely important um, that affects you on a regular basis with those individuals. So I can say today that I still have an excellent relationship with those two. 
Gotcha. Um, I feel like they, you know, they can come to me or I can come to them with any issues. One of them separated now. Okay. Um, and I still remain in contact with them and, and his family. Um, and, you know, I think we're doing the right thing as a wing. You know, we're talking about it. Right. And I can say that not a lot of individuals know what this is and the awareness isn't there. But just by us talking about it, someone is going to hear this. And if the situation comes up or something similar, they're going to remember, hopefully, what we talked about and what we said and a way to support that individual um, and just be there for them. So by us talking about it, especially during October, really raises awareness for the right cause. And this is going to impact somebody in a very positive way. Right. No, some good points. And you, you bring up the, the way that, um, you know, we as a wing are, are bringing it to the forefront that for conversation, um, the, the willingness of you to share your story. Um, but before we started uh, recording that, you, you told me that uh, there's some other things out there that people can do uh, to support. What are some of those things that people can do to support? Yes, Chief, there are quite a few things, especially local. You know, if you're not here to JBSA, Lackland, um, there are a lot of things that you can do in your community especially with the Susan G. Coleman Foundation. Right. The um, local base usually hosts a run or a walk to support, to raise awareness. There are several fundraisers that you can be involved in in your community. I encourage you to do a Google search, reach out, see how you can support if you're if you're interested in doing that. Um, okay. You know, it's, and it's even, um, you know, just letting somebody understand that you're there for them, that that can just satisfy um, that requirement to, you know, help out if you're interested. So, right. And don't be afraid to help. Don't feel like, um, you know, definitely that, uh, there's no options out there or there's limited options. I know I've, I've seen a number of, uh, banners out there, especially in October for some of these, uh, support runs and, and, uh, doing other things for campaigning and charity that, uh, that can help, uh, provide funds. So, uh, there's definitely uh, some some great avenues out there to, to help fight this because as you pointed out in the beginning and, and we, uh, don't necessarily um, highlight it across the board. It, it's not um, just uh, women that deal with this problem, right? There's males, um, and uh, it, it doesn't just um, affect uh, the individuals. It affects the families. It affects the teams. Um, so it, it, it's widespread, um, which means that we as wingmen probably should spend a little bit more time and effort to make sure that we wrap ourselves around these problems and help out. Um, you know. I, what advice, what, what final words of advice can you give anybody um, that may be, uh, you know, looking at a similar path that you've had to go down? Chief, I would say I kind of live by three things. Um, raise awareness for causes that are important to you. Right. Even just by talking about it or socializing it, just raising awareness for what that means and, and why it's important to you. Um, leverage your resources. You know, when I was 18, I was too scared to talk to anybody and my family saw me struggle and, you know, they did the best they could to honestly help me, but I could have leveraged more of my resources to really get, you know, some of the, the, the thoughts that I had and, and the frustrations I had vocalized better and then be involved, you know, be involved in your life, be involved in your team, be involved with your family. Because, you know, when I look at and I think about my mom passing at 32, that is extremely young. And I just know that we can give so much to our lives every day. And it, this this disease doesn't have to be the end. It, it can really be the beginning for a healthy and happy future. Right. 
Awesome. No, uh, again, uh, LT, I really do appreciate you uh, stepping up and sharing the story, right? It isn't easy to um, kind of expose that nerve and expose that situation, um, both from a family perspective, uh, the personal level, um, what it took. Uh, so, you know, that's extremely brave. And for that, I commend you. Um, and the fact that we're fighting through uh, getting awareness out there, uh, again, I commend you for the level of effort that you're putting forth to, to help other individuals. So it's it's uh, these stories, it's these conversations that help, uh, you know, a number of people understand that it is something that I can move past. It's something that's not going to be easy. It's uh, something that's going to require some support. And the fact that you were able to, to find teams that were able to help you even through some of those dark periods uh, is, is definitely inspirational. So um challenge all of uh, the leaders out there that when uh, approached with these subjects that we we handle it with some poise uh, and embody that wingmanship and, and see where we can support airmen. So thank you very much, LT. Yes, Chief. Thank you. Uh, with that said, out to uh, the gladiators out there, obviously this was a sensitive subject, but I appreciate your time for listening. And most of all, uh, I appreciate your support of your nation and of the wing. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your citizenship. And I hope you have a good day.